Hey, you scruffy-looking nerf herders. Welcome to Records of the Republic, a podcast where we talk about all things Star Wars, from canon to the EU to Legends content and more. We are your hosts, Wade and Kevin, and we're going to make the jump to light speed as we try to tackle today's topic of conversation with you. Strap yourself in, and don't get cocky, as we embark on this journey together into the Star Wars universe. Hey guys, welcome back to Records of the Republic. As always, my name is Wade, and join with me today is our, Kevin, close your ears, our groupie, our our friend, our very close friend. You're, you're, Wade, you're going you're gonna to be expunged from the records of the Republic. I'd like to see Kevin try. Right. <laughs> I should text him right now to call we, you. Should, we, all have, we all have access to the same accounts now, so we could technically, you guys could technically That's... change the password and just not tell me. Or, and or, he might do that to me at some point. I, I wish if our time if especially if your time wasn't as valuable if i could just text him and be like hey can you change the passwords and <laughs> log us out of everything log us out. So, <laughs> even including this and keep doing it keep doing it until he stops using the word groupie right right alex how are you doing man I'm doing well. It was, it's been another good week. Um, I hope the same for our listeners. Um, but yeah, a good week for myself, a good week for my Star Wars uh, time, the time I get to spend with the saga. So what about yourself? It's been an up and down week. Oh, tell me. <laughs> tell me. We, well, we had to go buy a new car, which oh. we're really happy with the car we got. Uh, not the Acura? The, we got a Honda. Or the Accord, the Accord. I'm sorry, not the yeah, not the, the Accord. Accord. Okay, I don't remember if we recorded Tuesday night and we had actually purchased the car at that point or not. Um, what night did we record? Was it Tuesday night? I thought it was. No, you're right. It was it was Tuesday night. Yep, because it was supposed to be Monday. Yeah, so we would have put the down payment on the car. So we picked it up. Um, so that's been good because the car seems to be very reliable. Granted, it's our first week having it, so you know, knock on wood. But it's been a good car so far, um, and great on gas, so that's been wonderful, and we're going to need that with the car payment <laughs> that we have now. Um, so that's Lots been kind of... downhill coasting. Yes. <laughs> um, let's see, what else? I got most of our Christmas gifts wrapped up this week, which Very I know good. is super early, and for any of you naysayers who are like, ah, it's too early, bah humbug, go away, leave me alone, I'm doing my thing. Um with the baby coming in December, we're going to have a very busy December. And I'm like, if I can just get as much done as possible now, like I got the tree out and put up, we've got the ornaments out. We just need to put them on the tree. Um, so we've got most of it like ready to go so we can set it up. Um, so that's been fun. We got some new Christmas decorations they had on Amazon, which kind of goes into the topic of collecting. On Amazon, they had, I don't know if you remember last year, they had the Star Wars Funkos that were all snowmen. So they had like Vader, yeah, Stormtrooper, yeah. Boba Fett, C-3PO, and R2-D2. Well, they had the full five pack, which was normally like 50 or $60, on sale for 20 for like the day. And so I went ahead and snagged that. So I've got those to decorate the house with. And my wife was like, 
I'll allow it because it is Christmas themed and I'm in a generous mood. So that was a win. (laughs) And you should be especially happy because I purchased the same five pack for the full $50 price last year. (laughs) So you can also share that with your wife as well. That makes me extremely happy. (laughs) Yeah. You got a deal, a a good deal. (laughs) Um, Let's see. I think I picked up a couple of black series figures since the last time we talked on the podcast you have. uh ended up i got a really decent christmas bonus tip from one of my customers and penny was like go ahead treat yourself i know you've been wanting these and we happened to be at the walmart in henderson and at the time they had one of the arc trooper jesse's and one of the arc trooper fives in stock and that's it they only had one of each and i haven't seen these guys in stores like for a long time and if you go on amazon right now both of them are like 40 to 50 bucks and walmart had them for like 25 each that that seemed like a Mm no-brainer so i snagged both of those bad boys and then i also got the the holiday this year's holiday edition of the um k2so style the kx security droid Oh yeah, so the black it's the series droid. Still. Yeah, the black series, and then it comes with the little BD unit, um, also in the holiday getup. So now I've got two Christmas holiday um, uh, black series figures, and my goal is to get a couple more. I don't really want all of them because I've looked through the different holiday ones that they've released at times, and some of them look more just wintry rather than Christmassy. And if I'm going to get them, I want them with like the white and green and red, you know, that looks like a snowman with a Christmas scarf instead of just the, the blue and white mm-hmm. holiday winter colors. You know, I want like Christmas colors cause I'm going to use these to decorate the house. So instead of having nutcrackers all over the place, we're going to have black series figures all over the place. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the way to do it in my opinion. Um, but yeah, so I picked up a couple of those and very happy surprise and I'm kind of I'm kind of back in the the boat of enjoying pre-ordering um oh. which I wasn't before cuz remember the Hu Yang Funko was like 2 weeks late mm-hmm. and that was a disappointment um but my Hu Yang Black Series figure was like 3 weeks early it wasn't supposed to get to my house until December 4th and it showed up this last week like a couple days ago do you think and a doctor so, may have had his hands in that somehow? I, doctor I would love it. I'm totally okay with that. And... <laughs> I'm so happy. You know, I, I I would be totally. I don't I don't care how they made that magic happen. I, that, that that was some Dave Tennant like I, I wizardry. Would, I would like to see them do it with <laughs> my Star Killer Black Series figure, and then I'll I'll be set. Who, I'll be the, set on um, pre-ordering. I almost asked who's the the voice actor who did um, Star Killer, but yeah, I'll I'll give Sam Whitwer a call. We'll um, yeah, we'll, we'll get that figured <laughs> See out. See if we He'll, can get him, yeah, get him working on that. Yeah, he might have a case of figures. We'll 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 discuss. But uh, yeah, so I got that early, which was very surprising, and I'm very very ecstatic because I now have both of my Hu Yang collectibles sitting on the shelf so that that's been a very good part of this week um folks if you don't understand wade is one of the biggest hu yang fans 
out there. Yes. He's mentioned it on the pod across several episodes. Yep. Um, I'm actually surprised you haven't mentioned Hu Yang in the last couple episodes with me. I don't think you have. Yeah, I guess it hasn't been very mainstream. It's been and an I don't anti Hu Yang it, it pod. Yeah, it just hasn't come up in conversation. But you know, yeah, Hu Yang's like one of my favorites. Okay. Of all time. What, what did, you, did you do you recall the image I sent you? I believe I sent you an old conceptual image, maybe a Ralph McQuarrie, maybe maybe someone inspired by Ralph McQuarrie of a Hu Yang like droid being I don't this, remember that. Oh no. Oh no. I'll have to I'll find this for you. Um on the note of holiday items, I'm actually going to send you a picture. I don't know if you've seen the um the lego holiday millennium falcon diorama by any chance what yes yeah, so i i just sent you an image let me know when you get it um but lego kind of if i mean i'm sure you've seen they do like the those black oh yes, dioramas. yes yeah i i need that and listeners we will you know, we'll scoop up some images of this and we'll post it to the records of the Republic Twitter account um, tonight, tomorrow and the next day. But this thing is so cool. It's it's really modular and cute. It's just a small little um, build out of a, one little compartment of Millennium Falcon. And who does it have? Wait, it's got Ray, Chewie. It's right? got Ray, Chewie, Finn, a Porg and BB-8, which are like my favorite parts of the sequels. All of those guys made me happy. Now, Ray's a little iffy at times. But when Ray gets the yellow lightsaber at the end, that kind of sealed the deal for me. I, I am a fan of Ray. Um, Finn, one of my favorite characters of all time, and I'm so well of at least over the sequels. And I, I'm very disappointed with the direction of his character because I thought he had so much more potential. Chewie, Chewie's Chewie. He's fantastic. He's a Wookie. Wookies are like my favorite. I, I like top notch alien. Like they're way up there for me. And then I love Porgs. Porgs are fantastic. Porgs were also one of the high, if not the highlight, they were one of the highlights for The Last Jedi. Um, and BB-8 was fantastic. The droids make Star Wars so much better. Yeah, this is a, it's a really cute little set. Um, it's one of those things where like the detail's amazing and it feels like a little throwback to um the the special they did i think it, it might have literally been called yeah like a couple of years special. ago yeah mm-hmm. um because i think they called it like a roasted tip yip or something like that um right. the you know the 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 wookie delicacy the kashiki delicacy version of you know the holiday turkey um yep. but yeah that you know crossing my fingers i might uh might try and order that um now, see, I wish I wish they had figured out a way to do a roasted porg instead, because that was one of my favorite scenes of the Last Jedi when Chewie's getting ready to eat the the roasted porg, and the porgs are just sitting there staring at him in horror. Like that that was fantastic. You know, on a rewatch of the Last Jedi that I did within the last month, that scene stood out so much to me. I was like, I, I love it, but I'm almost shocked it went through to the theatrical cut. I don't know. I, I think it was fantastic. I, that was, I, that was one of the few things I actually liked about that movie. It was, it was cute, but I'm like, I can't believe they went no, there. It was, it was hilarious. The roasted. It was pork. hilarious. That was fantastic. That's chewy being chewy. 
the, that's the, Chewie like, dude, I'm hungry and I've got to wait for Ray to go do her training with Luke or whatever. I'm just stuck here babysitting the Millennium Falcon. I'm going to eat. I know. I got I to gotta think of them like chickens, I guess. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. I can't let Chewie starve. I'd rather Chewie eat and the Porgs disappear than have a bunch of Porgs and Chewie yeah. die. Yeah, they just they just pulled on our heartstrings though, and that that it I was am, perfect. It was I, wonderful. It was I hilarious. Am, I'm trying to be a better student of Ryan Johnson's sense of humor and comedy, because um, I, I like a lot of the things he does outside of Star Wars and a lot of what he did for Star Wars. But um, that does seem like his type of ironic humor from our view Fisher. on this. Very much makes me think of when you sent me and Kevin the picture. Of the, or telling us about the deer in the group chat, and my response was, "Why aren't they on your dinner plate?" or something like that. I, <laughs> you, you wait. I listeners, Wade is about to get another photo, um, and he's he's gonna he's gonna hop on a plane and shoot over to my little corner of the world in in Pennsylvania to. To come get some deer. I was going to ask you over the pod. Couple. Um, do you do you hunt currently? Do you do you make the time for I it? Do. Well, you probably can't this um, fall though. I was well, I didn't think I was going to have time this year for season to try and get in any hunting. Um, just because of our work schedule. Holy cow. That deer is very close. Yeah, listeners. So that I sent Wade a photo. We'll post this online as well. But um, I was outside of um, I was in my backyard and every evening I just throw out like corn and whatnot to feed the deer, Um, you know, bread, just scraps or whatever. That's exactly how you bait them. But we're not hunting. We are we're feeding the deer. We're we're letting but the if population. You invite come over. me up there. Yeah. See now we got I just need you. one. You're banned. I just need one. You're banned. That's all. I, I just I just need to put a little bit of meat in the freezer. You have one picture, that's, that's all. You get you get the picture. <laughs> but uh, uh yeah, so I, I do some hunting. Um and <laughs> it was funny because uh my mom had actually texted me. Uh, today I think it was it was very recently and she was like hey I know you've got a crazy busy schedule I know you're crazy like working nonstop, and you're all over the place and you're you know dealing with Jean and trying to get the house ready for Lynn and all this other stuff she was like on your day off on a Monday if you would like to go hunting I will watch Jean for you that day so you can go out and try and get a deer and I was like, that is the best news I've received all day because I was afraid that I, so like the first thing I did after she said that is I texted one of my buddies who I hunt with and I'm like, Hey man, I got the green light. Let's pick a day. Um, I'm buying my tags now. So I purchased my tags. I've got, I think, I think you get like two antler deer and like six antler less deer or something like that. And then like two or three turkey six for the season. Yeah. Wow. It's either six or eight deer total that you get. So Um, how is that, you know, per your experience, is that like good for the state of North Carolina or is that? Yeah. I mean, well, because North Carolina, it's a really nice situation out in Arizona, for example, you had to actually enter a lottery system and like winning the lottery itself in order to try and get tags because there were just so few deer. Mm, and so the population issues. wasn't nearly as big as we wanted it to be. Now it was still big enough that we could hunt and it not hurt the population, 
but only a few people each year could hunt essentially versus out here. There are just so many deer that you can fill up your tags. And then if there are still more tags floating out there that people haven't bought um, and they're like, Hey, you need, you know, we need to get more. You can always apply for more tags. So, you know, I don't ever plan on ever getting anywhere close to filling out my tags in a season. Right. Um, but that's just because I'm only looking to grab one or two deer. And most most hunters are in that situation, um, you know, and I don't know a single hunter that, like, hunts for sport only. Like, everyone I know that hunts uses the meat. Yeah, and so. I don't mean to make this like a, like our, our soapbox, but you're talking to someone who, like, I don't hunt, but, you know, I... I once lived in a more rural area. My father went hunting and I remember, you know, he got a deer, you know, for one season. That's one of those things where you get to enjoy living, you know, it is more like living off the land, so to speak. And then yes, after that, like I didn't always live in rural areas, so it just never was a something on my mind, but it is odd how often folks I knew who didn't live in rural areas, folks I knew from cities who had opinions on hunting, who didn't mm-hmm. live in that environment. And now I live in a much more rural area than I've ever lived in before. Like we cut our own wood, um, split wood, all that stuff. We have a wood stove for heat. Like we try not to turn on, um, you know, our gas heat and whatnot. Um, So it's really rewarding when you can take down like a dead tree and cut that tree down and know like you're heating your home and you're keeping your family warm. And, you know, I can imagine utilizing it for yourself. Yeah. Like just take it like a single deer. If all you get is like a single good size doe. Um, and just to know that you're putting literal food, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Cause like I can take a deer, clean it and take a lot of that meat and put it in the freezer And then, you know, how much am I saving because meat is expensive. I don't know, you know, how often you guys go to the grocery store. We go once a week and meat is like crazy expensive, like the rest of everything in life right now. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, anywhere where I can not necessarily cut corners, but just save, you know, if I can save money doing that, I'm, I'm absolutely going to do that. So... Yeah, all that to say, I, I hopefully will be able to get, because hunting season actually starts in like late September out here for bow hunters, and I've got a crossbow, but I did not get my tags at that point, because I just, mm. I did not think I was going to be able to to get out this season, um, and I know one of my buddies just posted on Facebook, he got a buck uh, last night, I think it was, Um a nice little, I think it was like a six or eight point buck, but it was a pretty decent size. So he's going to get some good meat out of that. Um, but that was his first deer. So, um, I still have not actually killed a deer yet. Uh, oh, since moving okay. back here, I, I moved back here in late 2021 and have only been hunting like a handful of times. Um, and so I have not actually gotten a deer. I do a lot of fishing and like this summer we probably, skinned and filleted some 50 or 60 bass over the couple of times we went fishing and so i've got bass in the freezer that i need to cook up but i have not gotten around to to getting any deer yet yeah Um, it's just so rewarding it's yeah yep very much worth it um but yeah so hopefully i'll get to do that soon That'll be it. But yeah, that talking about Chewy with the Porgs and kind of our different reactions to that made me think of 
our conversation <laughs> about the deer. Um, yes, yes. Good times, good times. But, uh, all right, cool. So that's pretty much, I'm trying to think if I had any other updates. I don't think there's anything else really been going on in life lately. Um, so with that, I'm going to ask you, I've actually got two questions of the day for you today. Oh, beautiful. Um, I love these. And they're, they're kind of simple questions, but I do want to hear your reasoning behind it. Okay. So my first question, and we're going to include the EU in this in case there's anyone in the EU that kind of tops your, your list. Who is your favorite clone trooper and why? Hmm. Favorite clone trooper and why? Yes, I need a reason um, behind it. I am going to roll with Boss from the Republic Commando video game and the tie-in or subsequent Republic Commando novel series um, from Karen Travis. So this is uh, that we mentioned it a little bit last week, but this is that original Clone Wars era content, some stuff that's been reworked yep. from eu into present day canon a lot of the clone wars appearances for these guys but yeah um are you familiar with those guys the republic commandos from the yep. the old days yep. i've got the i ironically so back when the game was just for xbox i never grew yeah. up with an xbox um that's a my shame. dad was very much an apple guy so we didn't own any microsoft related <laughs> products anywhere in the house i mean it, it was <laughs> apple or nothing how do how I mean, did that, you feel? How how do you feel with though Apple did not have a a like a contemporary uh, like their own system at the time? Well, the the way we worked around that is we had a PlayStation Two because at okay. the time my dad worked for a company called ST Microelectronics who used who did a lot of the microchips that went into Sony products like the PlayStation. Um, so Pretty he cool. got to, he, he kind of knew the background of those systems really, really well because he helped with a lot of the, the automation on any of the forming of the chips. I, I don't, I don't really know all the specifics of it, but I know his company did a lot with Sony in terms of their microchips. And so we got the PlayStation two growing up, but it was very much no Microsoft in the household. You were disowned. Like I've got a Microsoft mm. computer at home right now because that's what I use at work. So that's what I'm most comfortable with. Like Hilton properties use Microsoft products. They use PCs. So I'm super familiar with PC, even though I grew up with Apple PC was the way mm -hmm. to go for me just because of familiarity. Um, but I, I, I prefer Apple, but Apple is a lot more expensive. So, you know, we do have Apple MacBooks in our house. We both have a laptop, my wife and I, um, that are both Apple. So we do support Apple, but I'm not, I'm not a biased guy. I've got a PlayStation and a Nintendo Switch and a, an Xbox S all sitting right next to each other on the TV stand. So no, no discrimination go. here. <laughs> so what um, was your, yeah, so was, I didn't, how'd you play the game then? Like on a, on a Switch or? I played it for the first time uh, about a year, no, probably about like six or eight months ago, um, because PlayStation, actually, this was before I got the Xbox, PlayStation had it released um, where you could get it through the PS4. Uh, you could buy it in the PlayStation store. 
So I actually mm-hmm. bought it for PlayStation um, and then bought it again for Xbox when I got the Xbox. And so I've only played through a couple of missions because I don't have a lot of time to game. And most of the time when I'm gaming, I'm getting on to game with friends. Um, sure. But I've played a couple of missions in it, and it's been pretty interesting. And I do have um, – I've got Boss sitting over the Funko Pop. I've got him sitting over here on my shelf. Awesome. Uh, just because that is that is kind of a, a staple character in Star Wars gaming. And that's why he's part of the GameStop Gaming Greats line, um, essentially. And I think they've they started releasing the other guys um, in Funkos as well. I know they've got all four of them out in Black Series because I remember the the there was backlash a little bit because three of the four had the clear fronts where you could actually see the figure. And then the oh, fourth no. figure had the the cardboard with just the picture on the front. And a lot of people were upset because, you know, you've got these purists who are like, hey, I want to keep all four in my box, but I also want everyone to see all four of the actual mm-hmm. figures. And instead, the last one has just the picture on the front. Mm-hmm. So that was there, there was a lot of backlash about that when that happened. Um, but I know they've been releasing those guys. I, I haven't bought any of the Black Series figures, and I probably won't. The Funko was enough for me just because that game was not a huge staple of my kit of my childhood, but I understand the importance of it in star Wars history for a lot of fans. Um, and so I did end up buying the one boss Funko. Um, so anyway, he's your favorite. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, certainly a lot of nostalgia, but with star Wars, with any fandom, I mean, how, of course, so much of it is nostalgia. It's what made us happy. Right. That's why we come back to it. But, um, you know, as you were talking about your own experience with him, you know, I was also thinking about perhaps the reason I enjoy him so much as a character. Um, it's so much to call my favorite clone trooper is that he's both a clone but he's also a clone that as a video game player, we have the chance to embody. So as you play as him, it's like you're kind of imparting your choices, your decision-making skills as you're playing through this mission, this campaign and whatnot. Um, But meanwhile, if you're taking in the, you know, the Jendi Tartofsky 2D series or the Filoni and Lucas series, um, if you're reading the books, whatever you're doing, like you're experiencing other clones lives. Um, And back in those earlier days, the clones were were a little more rigid. Um, They didn't have the personalities that we saw more fleshed out in the later Clone War series in in the Clone War series. Yeah, so that's another reason I think I was drawn to this character because through the novelization um, or through the the hard contact novel and through the subsequent sequels, um, Karen Travis did phenomenal work um, with that group of clones, but with Boss in particular. So, yeah, that's, that's like what a I've throwback. heard. I've been those are books that I've been wanting to read and just haven't gotten around to it yet. But I know they're being re-released, I believe, with as the Essentials, as part of the Essentials line for Legends, um, with Barnes and Noble. They're, they're being re-released with that little yellow banner at the top that says Legends Essentials or Essential Collection or something like that. So yeah. they obviously played an important an important role in early Star Wars fandom, at least yeah. our early Star Wars fandom. 
Absolutely. I mean, if for someone or for a fan like myself or a reader at that time, um, I truly was not like on the Zon train. I wasn't familiar with the Heir to the Empire trilogy as like insane as that sounds. I was just such a prequel era, Clone Wars yeah. era fan. Um, but so for me, I respected Zahn, um, you know, I knew of the work, I knew of, you know, what he was doing. Um, so for me, like Karen Travis, it's almost as like Timothy Zahn, like was kind of like passing the torch to Travis for me, sure. um, with her work, with what she did. Like, I can't recommend, um, her books enough for what she did with Mandalorian culture, taking what was previously established and running with it and doing more with it, giving them a language, like it's primo stuff for sure. So my answer was actually from George George's uh, Clone War series. It's Clone Ninety Nine. Ah, all right, all right. Tell me more. And it's not because of uh, his ability to fight or actions or anything like that. It's all because of his heart and where his heart was at. Um, I think 99 really embodied everything that is good in in a lot of ways. In the way he treated others, um, despite sometimes being looked down upon by some of the other clones. um, He didn't treat them any differently. He never held grudges. um, And we only got a little bit of him. It's not like we got a lot. But, you know, this was a clone that had so many physical defects that he he basically was left for for slop duty you know he had to mop the he was a janitor that that was essentially his job that's all he did and when Camino was under attack he did everything he could knowing that he was physically incapable of truly being effective as a fighter um, he did everything he could in his power to to help to, to consistently help his brothers um, in, in in a situation in which, like, if I were in his shoes, I don't know that I would be able to say, yeah, I'm going to step up and do something like this, knowing my, my limitations. Dude, um, let, me, let see... me step in for a minute, because I can emphasize your point, I think, alongside you. That arc and, you know, his final arc in the Clone Wars... I I'm picturing him right now carrying mm-hmm. those blasters to his brothers, but I cannot tell you a single other tangible thing about that episode. I can't tell you a lot about the Clone Wars that I remember because I didn't watch it when it was on. I've put it piece, uh, pieces of it together here and there. I probably won't have the time to watch the whole thing completely as sad as that sounds, but 99 stood out that much so please continue to, yep. you know i hope you can appreciate from a not a huge tcw fan how he even stands out to myself well yeah he he was just he was and, and like i said he he very much embodies what what the clones fought for um you know in, in terms of fighting for what's good in the republic and also you know fighting for their own right to say, Hey, we're people too. We're not just like droids, you know, they're just everything about them. I think 99 embodied, um, and personified extremely well. Um, so he is definitely, he is one of those odd characters that I would really like to get a black series figure of at some point. Um, you know, and you could give him like a a clone trooper backpack and maybe like 
uh, a rifle and some little popper grenades, you know, stuff like that. Uh, oh my god, deck him out, give have. him all of the gear. I, I, everything that he carried. I think something like that yeah. would be a really cool nod. And I think fan, I think Star Wars fans would eat that up. I think if yeah. you were to throw out uh, a Black Series 99 figure, people would buy it. You, you couldn't sell enough of it. I think people yeah. would absolutely eat that up. Anyone who's a Clone Wars fan, 99 was one of those emotional points in the Clone Wars where it's like, oh, I, I could cry at this, <laughs> you know? Yeah, because he's one of those characters that, you know, as you explained, like heroism can come from anywhere. And, you know, it's it's almost insane to think he was overlooked by any of his brothers, um, yeah. you know, considering how he was always there for them, as you put it. Um, yeah, that wow, what a great pull. Those, those are two good yeah. ones. But yeah, I really appreciate that pick. Um, all right, hit me with the next question. Okay, next question. Uh, kind of in a similar vein. Who and why is, uh, well, who is your favorite droid? And why are they your favorite? Oh, goodness. Uh, that's another good question. And I was just considering this somewhat recently, kind of Rolodexing through the droids in my head. Um. I am going to, this is a pick. This is a get to know me type pick. Um, I am going to pick none other than Roger, R-O-G-R, the lovable <laughs> battle droid companion of the Freemakers oh and gosh. many other Lego Star Wars yep. adventurers. Um I, I'm glad I can see Wade is smiling here, listeners. So you have some familiarity with him as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love the Freemaker adventures. Like I know I know there's really not a lot of solid substance to it, but mm. it's fun. It's something I can sit down and watch with my kid and he's going to love it cuz he loves Star Wars and he loves Legos and I love Star Wars and I love Legos. So I can I can sit down and enjoy the simplicity and sometimes well, oftentimes very silliness of it. Um yeah, Roger Roger is a great pick. Thank you. Thank you. I, you know, immediately my mind went to the classics um, and I would say even more recent classics. So before I spoil maybe your pick, why don't you take it away from me? So I've got four. Cheater. That are all. Yeah, I know. Well, I've got one that's at the top and I think we all know that's Hu Yang. Hu Yang okay, is, okay. is top top, but there are three very close honorable mentions. Um, like very close, uh, K2SO, mm-hmm. uh, L3 and BD1. I was just surprised you didn't go B2. Nope. Wow. Yep. Nope. Interesting. I'm a little surprised. I love just about all droids in general, but but you you love Jedi Fallen Order. That's I shouldn't I be love surprised. Fallen Order. Yeah, that's I a get to know Fallen you Order. pick. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love the Fallen uh, the Jedi series so far. I can't I can't tell you how excited I am for whatever this third game is going to be. Jedi, whatever it's it's going to be fantastic. Um, but all three, all four of those, really to an extent, three of them that you can understand because they speak basic. 
um, or common or whatever it's called in Star Wars. But all four of them show why robots in Star Wars works so much better than robots in anything else. And that's because they have personality. They're not just simply programming. Um, now, there are, are a lot of droids that are, or are very simplistic in, in, their, in their personalities. But L3 had a huge personality in Solo. Huge personality. And she was fantastic. I loved everything about her. And I know that's not a very common uh, position held amongst a lot of fans. Um, but I thought L3 was fantastic. Um, K2SO, so smart-mouthed and and sharp-witted and every everything about him. He kind of had a dour disposition. And I love Alan Tudyuk, so I got to give him credit there, too. He's one of my – he was fantastic in Firefly. So, um, yeah, K2 is one of my favorite, favorite droids. Um, Hu Yang, obviously, again, David Tennant fantastic personality um he's smart he's wise um he's able to kind of be the voice of reason in both ahsoka and sabines and kind of try and find that middle ground between the two of them and help them connect better um and he kind of plays that devil's advocate to both of them at different times not really taking one side or another but he's kind of that voice of hey i've been here for like thousand maybe more years i've seen some things Maybe let's sit down and, and try and find this middle ground. You know, just and then he's smart witted. I love anyone who's got a, a smart alecky disposition and responses. I, you're gonna be liked by me. Um, and then on the other side, BD One is just this sweet, lovable droid who's just super fun. He's not like crazy spunky or anything. He's kind of this curious droid. He's he's uh he he doesn't have this super crazy outgoing personality. Um, but he's a, a, a very loyal, trustworthy, sweet. Um, I, I kind of think of Dio a little bit when I, when I see BD one, um, Dio mm-hmm. was a little bit more hand shy because of the, you know, abuse from his former owner, mm-hmm. but BD one was super, just super fantastic. Great companion. And that, I, like I said, I think droids make star Wars so much more than other sci-fi shows that have robots to some extent, you know, because a lot of them are much more akin to true robotic, you know, straightforward answers, you know, pre-programming, can't work outside of your programming, that kind of thing. Star Wars kind of works around that at times. So, yeah. And how do you, so, you know, I do want to kind of dive back into a list of my own, perhaps, Um, you know, something I think about with, robots and sci-fi as you were just kind of putting it, there's a lot of androids and yes. i wonder how do you feel about in star wars you know right now i believe it may not have started or it's an ongoing series but marvel has a a dark droids uh limited series that's running um how do you feel about droids in star wars and kind of like the uh the freedom of it all because that's kind of i feel like there's a an inflection point approaching with the galaxy far far away and droids oh look at see there you are yep there you are right there about it. <laughs> yeah uh, for like, those who can't should see there, should i've there got be a issue one 
right here of dark droids. Like, yeah, uh, he might as well have that thing that hard slapped over there um, in acrylic. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I love droids, so I, I'm I'm all here for it. I'm I'm I, I kind of like that. There's not this mix between human droid, you know, this android esque. It they're very much droids. They're all robots. They're but. I guess within their programming, they're given certain freedoms or liberties that they're able, you know, to the point that they have to have things like restraining bolts, you know, Mm -hmm. with something that's programmed to just do specific functions and not work outside of those functions, you wouldn't need restraining bolts, in my opinion. So the fact that those exist show that there's a lot more freedom with droids, or at least with some droids, Um, I'm all here for it. Yeah, yeah. I'm here for the droid revolution. Um That's what I, I love. That was that was my favorite one of my favorite things about Solo was L three yeah. leading the, the literally or like in the fighting pit and she's like getting all upset because of the two droids being forced to fight. I yeah. thought that was awesome. I thought that was hilarious. You know, this that's a, a plot point that I'm disappointed because it's been since two thousand eighteen and I get it underperformance. A lot of other things went against Disney's way with following up that story. Um, but yeah, at this point, that's taken, you know, nearly, well, it's taken over five years to kind of hit a droid story similar in vain to what L3 was doing. But, but I have an idea. So you submitted a list of four droids. And if I recap that real quick, I believe that was BD1, K2SO, yep. L3, mm-hmm. and Hu Yang. Yep. Yes. And my initial pick was Roger from the Freemakers, also an author. Mm-hmm. He has From Trenches to Wrenches, and I don't believe any of your droids have their own book. Um, that beyond true. that, I do have three other droids in mind that don't overlap with yours that I'm going to share with you now. And perhaps we'll share this on Twitter and let some listeners decide whose team is more favorable, not win a fight but more favorable. Okay. Let's not let the droids fight each other. We're here for the droid revolution. So here are my picks. Again, starting with Roger. I'm going to take Chopper. Um, That was a droid that went immediately to mind. Yeah, that's a valuable pick right there. That's that's nearly a number one pick. I I don't want to say I forgot about Chop, but I was... For me, I I avoided Astromechs, but I did forget about Chop. Oh, well, you're going to love my next pick. B2 Emo. <laughs> if I can't disarm you with with lightsabers, if I can't disarm you with a blaster, we'll disarm you with cuteness. And we're going to literally roll into my next pick <laughs> in the Astromech category again. BB9E from mm. the First Order capital ship, The Supremacy. The droid that um spoiled Rose Finn and DJ's plan and got them caught. Yeah. So there, 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 there you have it. Chopper, B2, BB9E rounding out the Astromex literally under the leadership of Roger. <laughs> I I will say I want to commission like some art too. I love B2. I would love a versus like an old Capcom style like my team versus your team artwork. I think that would be fantastic. Um, yeah, B2 and and Chop. I definitely 
Definitely. Well, I didn't miss the mark with B2. B2 is sweet, and I like him. I just don't think he has as much personality as anyone on my list. But Chopper, Chopper 100% has probably more personality than any other droid in Star Wars history. Um, at least I, I would argue that. So, yeah, I, I I have to give you credit. That was a that was a decent list. I don't think it quite matches up to mine, but like you said, we can let the listeners decide. I think you're going to lose them though at Roger and BB9E. I think you're going to lose them with those two. Maybe I'm maybe I'm targeting certain fans. I'm pulling on. I'm, I'm You're pulling on those one percenters. <laughs> all right, you just lost them. You, they're all on my <laughs> side now. I, I think. Um, who, who from your group can I get? I'm getting the L3 fans from your group. Kevin, Kevin would side with you just to spite me. I 100 yeah. <laughs> guarantee it. He's going to text us after listening to this and say, "Yeah, Wade, you're dumb." <laughs> I I I'm going to make a case over the course of the next week until we record again to I'm going to I'm going to argue a case. This is going to be the people versus Alex and my droids. I'm not going to make a case because I don't think I need to. I I don't I think my droids literally speak for themselves. Your half of your droids can't speak. Well, they we roll, so if if, if Ro- we need Roger's to get... like the only one who, <laughs> who we... speaks common, it's a, it's a, he'll speak for us. Galactic basic, that's what it's called. Galactic basic. Um, yeah, I'm I'm going to come up with a good a good case. Yeah, this this is this is going to be my focus. For you have to, reason. you have to, in order to f- defend your position, because you kind of dug yourself into a trench with this. Well, from. Trenches to wrenches, we will dig ourselves out of said trench, sir. Well, I, I'm excited to see it. <laughs> All right. So with those questions out of the way, um, the main topic of tonight that we wanted to finally touch on is collecting. Uh, you and I are both collectors. We've been collectors on and off throughout our lives, um, just due to different circumstances at different times in our life. And so we kind of wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, some do's and don'ts, some friendly advice from experience, uh, whether it be good experience or bad experience. We definitely wanted to to give some insight to some of you guys who who may be new to collecting or who may be trying to figure out, you know, collecting can be very overwhelming at times. Um, especially if you're like, oh, I'm going to collect everything of this, you know, series or this franchise uh, that ever comes out. That's going to be very, very hard unless you are a millionaire. Uh, If you're a millionaire, do whatever you want. I'm just going to say it now. Buy what you want. Now invest, you know, make your money work for you. Um, But buy what you want, do what you want. I can't, I can't advise you. I'm talking about people like me and maybe Alex. I'm broke. Alex, are you broke? Hey, we're not spending money on my Star Wars ornaments, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, so so you know, not maybe not necessarily broke, but money's tight, you know, especially in these days the economy can be a little bit harder for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And uh myself included. And so, you know, we want to to let you know there is hope. You can still collect on a budget. 
Um, but you have to be you have to be strict with yourself. You have to set some boundaries. And so that's kind of what we're talking about tonight is just kind of what to do and what not to do, what to look for and what to avoid. Um, so with that, Alex, I'm going to let you take the floor on this and kind of break us into this topic. Yeah, thank you. So, you know, everyone, I actually compiled, you know, a few different bullet points that I just want to chat with, um, you know, with yourselves, with Wade, just things that Wade and I have both experienced, I'm sure maybe yourselves have as well. Um, but, you know, let's just dive into it. One of the big things and, you know, I don't want to rub anyone the wrong way, but something I got to say, you can't buy your way into a following. And I say that as someone who tried themselves, you know, I was a collector and at a certain point I really equated the size of my collection with having a voice in the Star Wars fan community. Right. Long story short, I did not get what I wanted by buying my way into anything. Um, I wish maybe I had spent some of that discretionary funds differently and was creating something Star Wars related. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, learn from someone like myself who says, you know, as someone who was buying more than I could have handled at one point, um, you got to have the right goal in mind. Um, and that kind of leads into buying and spending with the future in mind, not necessarily the present. Um, you know, right. Wade, have you ever been, you know, at the aisle or walking past the toy section while at Walmart and seen the thing and kind of had to have that internal struggle? Every Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> every Friday. I, I kid you not. Every time we go to the grocery store, we always hit Walmart and I keep telling Penny, um, we need to just buy ahead online and pick up so I don't go in the store. Because every mm-hmm. time I go into the store, I find something that I want mm-hmm. and that I, I want to to put on my shelves somewhere. Um, and it is. It's a struggle sometimes because I look at, you know, there are a lot of different figures that I would love to have. Um, some that I really care about and some that I'm kind of like, yeah, it's a cool character, but when am I ever going to see this specific figure again? Is it going to be a popular enough character that I'm going to see it again in a re-release at some point or in another form? And, you know, there's always a struggle of, if I get it now, will it go up in value? Will it go down in value? Will they re-release it? You know, and there's, you, you always have that. And then you also have to balance the fact of, well, I've got to still buy diapers. I've got to buy, you know, eggs and bacon for the week. And, you know, then you got to wrestle with how much is it really worth? in the balance of everything we have to get while we're at the store and, you know, the bills we have coming up and having to put some away for savings and stuff like that. So yeah, at literally every time I go into the store, um, I have an internal struggle because now most of the time, you know, like I said, we go in weekly to go shopping for groceries. So it's not like I'm seeing new figures or Lego sure. sets or whatever each week, but I'm ha- I'm rehashing <laughs> You know, whatever I went through last week, I'm rehashing it and saying, well, with this paycheck we just got, maybe I can put a little bit aside to get this figure, or, you know, maybe. I, and then, you know, I'm just re-wrestling with the same idea. But yeah, all the time, I'm constantly, constantly wrestling with that idea. And listeners, you know, I'll say a great thing about Wade and the time I've known him is like when he buys something, he'll display it or take it out of the like the box if it was shipped to him. Like he'll he'll get it out so it can at least be seen. I mean, immediately you've been showing us stuff via text, you know, left and right as you get it. Um, 
And I think sometimes the worst thing we can do is get into like the buying frenzy. And before you know it, yeah. there's like three different unopened packages under a desk or yep. next to the table. You're starting to put them in crates or, and then, you know, you're getting a storage unit for them because you just don't have room to display them. And so, yeah, you got to be kind of, uh, kind of selective with that. And I don't remember if that was a bullet point, but I know that was something I wanted to touch on is, you know, be very, very selective with what you're after, you know, don't try, you know, I was at a point when I first started collecting as an adult, I started collecting Legos primarily. Um, I did collect Funko as well. And I did this to an extent with Funko, but mostly with Legos. My goal when I started collecting Star Wars Legos was to have every single version of a set or a ship ever released to have one of each. And I got pretty close. I mean, a couple of the the ships out there, I've got, I had every single set, um, and we'll have to show some pictures because uh, I think I've shown you. I can't remember if I yeah. sent them to you or not. Um, but we'll have to show some pictures on on Twitter and Instagram at some point of the collection of Legos I had at one point because I literally had just about one of every set or ship released through you know nineteen nineties all the way to present day, you know, back in 2016, 2017, something like that. Um, and it, it got very expensive and it was very hard. And, you know, I got to the point where I was putting some stuff in totes because I didn't have the place to display them. You know, some things I was rotating kind of regularly so I could talk about them with friends and stuff like that, but they really just sat on shelves or sat in totes. And it got to the point where I was like, I'm not really doing anything with these. And of course I was spending way more than I should have to get all of this. And then I was doing kind of the same thing with Funkos for a while. You know, when Mandalorian Funkos were really big starting out and just, you know, they had a different version of Mando all the time and then all these side characters. And it's like, I, I just, I had to have every single um, version of Mando and right. all of his side characters. And I had to have every single one. And it got to the point again where I was putting stuff in totes and it was just ridiculous. And then the collection was not manageable. I wasn't able to keep up with it. Um, and that's the other problem is they're going to constantly be releasing more and more characters, especially as these shows continue. I mean, Mando's about to go into season four at some point and look at all the Funkos that have come out since season one, mm -hmm. you know? And so then if, you're, if your goal at the end of the day is to collect every single one from the series, again, unless you're a millionaire, that is a lot of money to be spending on, on things that in, in the end may not be worth all of the money you're putting into it. Um, not to say that things don't go up in value over time. There are some Funkos that do. There are some, some Legos that do. There are Black Series figures that do. But you can't always predict which ones are going to go up in value. And that's one of the biggest problems is, you know, if you're just collecting to resell, all right, well, as long as you're staying on top of the reselling part of it, you might be doing okay. But if you're collecting and then hoping at some point you'll be able to resell it if, you know, you need the money, you may not get what you put into your collection. And that's the hard thing, especially if you open stuff, opening stuff. And that's the hardest thing. You know, when you're talking about Legos, you don't open Legos. What's the point of buying them? You know, you got to put the Lego set together to make it worth buying. Um, 
Black Series figures. They're cool. I get why some people keep them in the boxes. I like to take them out and put them in some sort of pose when I put them out on my shelves somewhere. So, you know, it's that kind of thing. The only things I really don't take out for the most part are Funkos, unless I get one with like a damaged box or I've got a duplicate or it's a character that I like, but I'm not, it's not like top tier favorite character. Like all of my Obi-Wan Kenobi Funkos are all in their boxes. Mm -hmm. They will always remain in their boxes. Um, But like I've got Darth Vader out of his box. I've got Reva out of her box. You know, I've got some figures that are out of their box. Um, but that is going to 100% decrease the value. So, you know, if you're if you're looking at it for a resale purpose, you know, you're just playing games at that point trying to figure out what what is or isn't going to be valuable down the road. Um but so I I say be very selective with what you're getting. You know, if you have a favorite character, maybe collect those. Try and get a collection going of that, like my Obi-Wan bookshelf. I've got a bookshelf of just Obi-Wan Kenobi-related stuff. Most of it I got on sale somewhere, um, or I got used, um, or gently used, or damaged box from Amazon, something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, All of the Funkos I got undamaged, but, you know, the Black Series figures, since I take them out of the boxes, I'll take damaged box all day, as long as the figure itself isn't damaged. Mm -hmm. Doesn't bother me. Um... But collect specific things. You know, I, I'm a, and that's the other problem. If you're a fan of multiple, you know, fandoms, that's going to make it extremely hard if you're looking at trying to collect, you know, because I'm a Lord of the Rings fan. I'm a Harry Potter fan. I'm a Marvel fan. I'm a Power Rangers fan. And so if I'm trying to collect every single one of everything from each of those, I just, I can't. It's unmanageable. There's no way I can do it. So I pick specific characters, like we were talking about earlier. I've got, uh, a few Tommy Oliver Green Ranger or Black Dino Thunder Ranger or White Ranger figures. I've got a couple of those in one Green Ranger Funko. That's it. That's all I'm getting to represent my Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Lord of the Rings, I've got one Gimli Funko and I've got my Gimli action figure from when I was a kid. You know, so there are certain characters that I've got a few figures or Funkos of, and that's it. And that's kind of how I do it. I pick a couple key characters. You know, what's my favorite part of Marvel? Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor second. So I've got like three or four Captain America related things on my shelves. I've got one Iron Man uh, Legends figure, and I've got one, the the Bro Thor um, from Endgame, where he's got the gut. You know, that was like, Oh, I had that one. Can be superheroes, so that that's oh, why. Yeah, yeah. And I my but, yep. one of my buddies uh, in Arizona, shout out to Devin, are like best friends, kind of like Kevin and I are. I mean, it's that kind of connection. And Devin and I love Korg and and Thor; those two together, just fantastic. And he does a fantastic Korg voice, so. When I bought the Bro Thor Funko, I also bought him the Korg Funko to go with it. So he's got that on his shelf at home, and I've got Bro Thor on my shelf at home. So, you know, stuff like that, you know, I pick specific characters. You know, I've got a couple of Harry Potter. I've got Harry, and then I've got a Cedric Diggory. And, okay. and that's it. Deep cut. Um, yeah, I mean, that that's kind of um, how I do it. I kind of limit myself. By, based on characters, like individual characters that I really care about, um, or, you know, like Pokemon, 
I've got the three original Pokemon uh, char- starters, Charmander, Bulbasaur, and Squirtle. And then I've got a Charizard, because Charizard was my favorite fully evolved of the three. And that's it. So, you know, I, I'm just, I'm very selective on on ha- which characters I get, why I'm getting them. There's always, every single figure I get, there's always a reason behind getting that figure. I don't get it just because I, I don't have it in my collection. Um, I have a specific meaning behind it. Yeah, and with collecting... So be, be selective. Yeah, because you, you need to be, because you can be your own worst enemy. You could be your best friend, absolutely, but you can easily be your worst enemy. Um, because I, a lot of the same things you said, I definitely said to myself when I started collecting like Funko more heavily, Lego more heavily. I started collecting Funko, and I had amazing deals. And we'll touch upon like hunting for deals, but I was saving a lot of money when I started my Funko collection, like more money than folks normally are able to. Um, but because I had done so, I didn't exercise the same restraint that Wade right. is encouraging you to do so with like, be selective, pick a character, roll that character, pick one of the four Disney plus shows and maybe choose those pops. But, you know, I got to a point where I was trying to pick a little bit of everything. And I remember I saw a post from a, a Funko related Instagram account that had an insight into how many pops were coming out for rise of Skywalker Mandalorian season one and Jedi fallen order back in fall 2019 for triple force Friday. Um, and all together, I mean, I'd love to look it up, but I'm, I think it was about 40 plus or maybe 30 to 40 pops were coming out all together, not yeah. on triple force Friday necessarily, but for those three projects all together. And I'm looking at my Funko collection, like, Oh my God, like I am, do I, collect these as well like i i want to start mando i want to start the jedi fallen order game i i love these characters um so like i said you have to be your your own best friend rather than your worst enemy because listen the collecting bug is real we love this franchise otherwise we wouldn't be talking about it you wouldn't be listening to us talking about it um so, you know, Wade also mentioned um, the reissues and re-releases and, you know, speaking about yes. value, um, something I thought of was like ROI, return on investment. And I don't mean that from a a flipping perspective, but I mean for folks, you know, make sure that investment is worth it to you. So case in point, mm-hmm. um, I purchased a Rebels themed Grand Admiral Thrawn Funko um, from a collectible shop about two years ago or so. Um, and I got it for a fair price back then. But once I got wind that Thrawn would be appearing in the Ahsoka show, like when it was heavily rumored, mm-hmm. or maybe when it's like, you know, uh, he's been cast, wink, wink, hasn't been cast. Um, I was I was thinking, oh my goodness, like I, I have an estimated value of my collection just in case I find myself in a position where I do have to sell it, if I and I end up right. finding myself in that position, coincidentally. Um, but I was looking down the line, thinking, "Goodness, like that Thrawn figure is kind of like a tentpole part of my collection's value." Um, and lo and behold, I was scanning through GameStop last night on on the app, um, and I saw there's a Ahsoka themed Grand Admiral Thrawn. Um, and I get it. Like if you are a completist and you need every Thrawn, you'll buy both. Um, 
but I'm sure the value of that first Thrawn was hit a little bit, at least initially, once that pop was announced, because now folks can find Absolutely. an 1199 version next month and not yeah. a, you know, several hundred dollar version of it at a collectible shop, you know? Well, that's the thing. Look at, um, you know, I, I didn't collect, I don't want to, I, I don't think I collected Funkos when the original Captain Rex Funko came out from Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And, and now it's more expensive than I want to pay for, you know, a Funko. But, you know, I love the character and they're doing uh, a re-release GameStop exclusive with Captain Rex up against Pong Krell. And if I'm going to get Captain Rex, I would absolutely love to get him against one of my favorite villains. I mean, everyone hates Pong Krell. I don't care if you're a dark side fan, light side fan, whatever. Pong Krell is a grade A butthole <laughs> for what he did to those clones. Mm-hmm. And everyone hates him. So, you know, I'm happy to get Pong Krell and Captain Rex, a Captain Rex Funko, uh, for much, much less than I can get, you know, the original Captain Rex or even the Rebels Captain Rex. I'm sure Rebels, the Rebels version is not necessarily cheap um, at this current point in time. So, you know, re-releases happen all the time. And, you know, you look at Black Series and they've got the archive re-releases that they do and that's how i picked up i've got in addition to the fives and jesse i also picked up um an archive version of the 501st basic 501st trooper um and so i've got him sitting over there with them and i was able to get that for like less than 20 bucks so you know re-releases happen often especially with popular characters um so you know i don't if you are tight on money, don't buy something just because you're afraid it's not going to come back out. Because one of two things is going to happen. If it's a super popular character, at some point they're probably going to figure out a re-release form. Um, or her, I should say. And if you're really, really, really good with your money, then even if the va- they don't re-release that character and the value of whatever that character is is higher than you want to pay you might be able to splurge and spend the extra money down the road to get the character. You know, yeah, you're going to spend more on it than you did than you would have when it first came out. But the difference is you actually have the money to buy it at that point in your life where you may not have had it when you decided to use your credit card to, to buy it early on. And that's another thing. Don't pull out loans or credit cards just to have some extra fun spending money. That's a horrible idea. Credit cards are great for emergencies. They're great for like regular gas and grocery usages if you're paying them off regularly, stuff like that. Um, they should not be used for fun stuff. You know, uh, anything that you you buy fun like this, collection wise, um, really really should come from a well rounded budget um, of what you actually have coming in from whatever you do for work. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of characters get re-releases. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one last note on, like, the re-releases, um, you know, something I mentioned related to Star Wars this morning on Twitter, but not this topic necessarily, is that scarcity is over with Star Wars. Like, there's no scarcity yes. anymore. It's Scarcity probably hasn't been a concept for a couple of years, but 
you know, I, again, if you're unfamiliar, you know, listeners, I'm in my early thirties, way to few years younger than I am, but like we grew up in an era where star Wars, there was a very, very limited dark time window of it not being around on the shelves. And maybe it wasn't even true that I'm remembering it that way. Um, and star Wars, it just wasn't around, as, there was a uh, small period where it wasn't as prominent. It wasn't like at the forefront of, of, it toys, wasn't mainstream you know? like exactly. it was, you know, even through the prequel era, like as the films were coming out, like Star Wars still wasn't mainstream anywhere near like it is today. Um, right. And, and that being said, like a re-release will come. And as Wade mentioned, um, if the character is popular enough, whether it's Hasbro, Lego, Funko, Sideshow, Gentle Giant, they have an incentive to you know, release another product for the newer fans. You know, there are Star Wars fans literally being born every day and eventually they're going to come of age to buy these products too. Um, As crazy as that sounds. Well, and I, you know, it's funny that we talk about this because I used to, you know, whenever I looked out for like Lego release updates and I'd see like three or four sets being re-released with new designs or, you know, streamlined designs, it, you know, it used to frustrate me because I'm like, why are we putting so much effort into re-releasing something that's already existing and looks good or whatever, when we could be putting effort into releasing something that hasn't been released before that everyone would love to have. But I look at it now with a better respect for money and say that that's actually a really good way to do it. You know, some of these sets they're modifying and making smaller, like the most recent X-Wing that I think came out uh, the X-Wing and TIE Fighter came out like a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. They're smaller than the previous X-Wing and TIE Fighters were. Um, but they were also more budget-friendly, which means, you know, someone like me, who's early on in his parenthood, can maybe afford those sets for my kids a little bit better than I could, um, you know, with the other sets, especially with where they are now in value. Because Lego sets are one of those, if you leave them untouched, they will rise in value. Um, sometimes just incrementally and sometimes quite a bit, you know, once that discontinued sticker gets put on it, um, you know, that can skyrocket some prices, but I have, I have an appreciation for the re-releasing and redesigning and sometimes just compacting these sets. And that, that's also why Lego does the UCS series. That's for the people who really want to be serious collectors, that's where you really want to be focusing your your time and effort because the other sets, they're fun, they're cool, but they are play sets. They are mm-hmm. designed with kids in mind. Mm-hmm. And that's why, I mean, um, I, I think Lego's brilliant for doing the UCS stuff because they recognize there isn't a, especially in later years, you know, you look at a lot of the prequel kids that have grown up as Lego Star Wars fans and you know, you can see why there's been such a huge increase in Star Wars UCS sets is because those kids are now in their 20s and 30s and have kind of, you know, they have adult money that sometimes they can spend on stuff like that. And so that's why we get that increase in UCS sets because they want to say, hey, for those of you who are adults and want a serious build, you know, to display, this is for you. This is made specifically with you in mind. So when they go and they shrink some of these other sets and make them more compact and and make them 
more available for the kids, I think we should encourage that rather than, you know, discourage and be upset about it and gripe about it. But that's a that's a different conversation, really, for a different time. Uh, all of that to say, you will get re-releases, especially of the popular stuff, you know. I don't know that we'll ever get a re-release of Hu Yang. Hu Yang's probably not a character I think we would get a re-release of at some point. Um, considering it took this long to get a Hu Yang figure. I'm still waiting for them to release a Gunji Black Series oh, figure. Yeah, you gotta take Hu Yang as he comes. You never know. That could be the last figure, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the last one. Uh, well, you know, you've mentioned a couple awesome things. Like you mentioned the value of collections, um, you know, maintaining a collection, how expansive certain collections can get. Like, and I don't mean expensive. I truly mean expansive as far as like, you yes. know, Lego is there's, there's a million sets and there's a million black series figures. There's a million Funko. Um, I've mentioned this a couple times on the pod. I tweet about this on occasion, but catalog your collection for a few different reasons but you got to catalog your collection you have to have an inventory you have to make a record of it if you don't already and you've made it to this point in the podcast like seriously just pause it come back and get a notepad at least and start writing down what do you have you know if you don't have a record of it you may not know how valuable it is and i bring that up for a couple reasons um my collection had grown so large that it did have so much value that my homeowner's insurance would not have covered it i had to seek like collectible insurance to cover it in case of any type of complete or partial loss due to you know fire flooding who knows what yeah yeah so i mean folks like double check your homeowners or renters insurance i mean it's something to be mindful of is your collection covered um by it or not um and i mean there are great reputable insurance companies for collectors um and i will definitely recommend those via twitter um but again there's also a lot of free resources as well um i've mentioned a couple things for funko i mean funko.com you can use their own app and scan your pops into their app to try yeah yeah it's really cool um brick economy is a site i've mentioned in the past for lego that's something that's free to use um i've used things to track my comic books but you know i bring up the insurance because when i had a larger collection um i needed to provide like photographs of the collection like showing that i actually have this x amount number of funko or figures or lego or even hats like whatever it is um and you never know like the insurance company for collections maybe they want receipts and if you've been collecting for any period of time like do you have receipts who knows or maybe they want pictures maybe they want videos they just want something to establish hey if you say you have you know, 500 pieces of Star Wars memorabilia. Well, we want to obviously cover you with insurance, but prove that you have those things. We need to verify it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, please, if if no one, if anyone takes anything from this episode, I should say, like, please take that at the very least, um, because the cost of collecting is insane. And Wade and I have chatted about this, I think, off the pod, on the pod as well, but. Um, I know a couple other things to consider when collecting because it's not just hunting for the deals. It's not looking for right. the clearance. It's not looking for, you know, the discounts and whatnot, because think about this sometimes, not always, 
but sometimes we pay for shipping. If you're hunting for deals on eBay, you may be paying for shipping there. You may not always get a free shipping deal. Um, if you're not buying online, I mean, listen, everyone, we're driving to the store and I live in a more rural area. Um, so I know if I, to go to a larger mall is an hour trip for me. Um, so I've taken that, yeah, I've taken that into consideration with my collecting and now I might be skewing more online and ordering things. Um, because again, I can't be driving for the one Lego set for the two Funko for whatever. Um, and storage and display is, you know, the last of those points I want to hit on because listen, I, I switched from a lot of collectible items you could pick up and like touch to art prints, posters, things that could yeah. be framed and take up space on a wall, but less 3d space. And if you understand right. what I mean, um, so, it, but the frames, frames cases for figures are just storage boxes storage bins like those are things we have to consider when we're starting a collection um especially for star wars because i said scarcity is gone with it um it just there's a lot of stuff i mean listen and it's that's not a slight at disney um we love star wars we love a lot of the stuff that's coming out because the more that comes out, the more chances we have to collect this stuff, to engage, to, yep. you know, look at these totems of this saga that we enjoy and to interact with other fans. So, you know, there's a catch 22 in that catch 22 now in this day and age is we have to have all of the restraint and self-control. Um, you know, another point I like to make is, you know, have a system of checks and balances. And I don't just mean cataloging the collection to see you know, what it's valued or how much you've spent on it. Um, you know, think of a system of checks and balances like a friend or a loved one, someone you live with or someone you see, you know, who can you talk about your collection with so they can keep you in check and be like, hey, you know, Alex, uh, that's your fifth Lego set that's still sealed in box you've shown me a picture of. Like, are you building right. them? And you never know. Someone can make a yep. light suggestion that, makes you reevaluate your whole collection. Um, so just be open. For people like me, for people like me, that person is my wife. <laughs> <laughs> my wife very much helps me stay in line. Um, and everything I buy, I ask her first. You got to. Um, you know, so what do you think about that way? Do you have any other like thoughts or points about collecting? Yeah, I would, I would, I would top that and say, you know, it depends on how you're collecting and what you're collecting. You know, if your goal is to, you know, go out to a flea market and try and find some good, good deals, or, you know, you know, that Funko's typically, or uh, not Funko's, but like black series figures typically cost anywhere from like 25 to 35 bucks, depending on what you're getting, where you're buying them, that sort of thing, you know, give yourself a limit, take, you know, $50 and say, Hey, this is what I have to spend on this, you know, figure out what your budget is, figure out what you're able to kind of put aside as fun money. And then, you know, if you're wanting to go out once a week, maybe you've got $25 each week and that's it. Take that out with you. And if you're just looking in general, just look, see if there's anything that matches that price range. Um, if there is, and you want it great, go ahead and get it. If there isn't anything that's in that price range, pocket that 25, save it for next week. Because next week, if you're sticking to the same weekly budget, you're now going to have $50 to spend. And maybe that $45 item that wasn't originally in your $25 budget is now, and I'm, I'm telling you this because 
as someone who goes to stores literally weekly, I see the same things on the shelves every week. Uh, very rarely do I see something like, now, granted, I proved myself wrong in saying this because I picked up the only Fives and Jesse figure I've seen <laughs> in any of the Walmarts locally. So I, I'm kind of biting myself here. And then but, you got the Captain you know, America shield. Yeah. <laughs> that was the last one of those. <laughs> so and what my, my, my point is, you know, give yourself a budget, give yourself a range that's reasonable, that fits within your income, taking into account what you need to put into savings just to save, what you need to put into savings for emergency fund, and then all of your bills that you have to pay, you know, any anything like that has to be dealt with first. And then whatever you have left over, you know, that's where you can kind of fluctuate it and say, all right, well, I've got some fun spending money. Maybe it's 20 bucks, maybe it's 40 bucks a week. I don't know. I'm not your accountant, but figure out your finances, figure out what you have each week, go to the store, see if there's something that falls within that. And there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, there's nothing that falls within this price range right now. I'm going to save this until next week. Or, you know, if you get paid bi-weekly, then, you know, the following week, I'm going to see if, you know, when my budget is bigger because I've saved this money specifically for this, I guarantee you like 19 out of 20 of the items that were there two weeks ago are still going to be there on the shelves. That's why Walmart stocks up with multiple of the same item. Um, you know, especially when you come, when you talk about the popular figures, Luke and Grogu, I have seen seven or eight black series figures on the shelf at the Walmart and Henderson every single time I want it, but I've seen so many of them on the shelves for so long. I know a, they're not going anywhere because they haven't mm -hmm. sold out that quickly. And B, if they don't sell them quickly, some of those are probably going to end up at Ollie's or Ross, where I can get them for 10 bucks instead of 25 You know, the the Return of the Jedi series Boba Fett has been 36 bucks at Walmart for the last, you know, few months since it since it was released. And I picked mine up off of Amazon for 20 bucks because it had a slightly damaged box. The character is perfectly fine. Everything about it's fine. It just had a slight bend in the in the backing. All right, right. deal. Yeah. So I saved fifteen bucks by waiting until I saw it at a cheaper price. So that's the other thing. You know, if you want to wait, you know, if you're and that's what I would say. You know, if there's a specific character or item that you want, go to the store, see how many the store has. All right. If they have a lot of them, that's a good sign. Go the following week. If they still have a lot of them, then you can start to kind of gamble and say, well, I can either just save up until it fits in my budget or I can hold on to this and wait to see if it goes to other stores mm -hmm. that are going to sell it significantly cheaper. I would never, ever, ever, ever buy a Black Series lightsaber at full price because they're like 150 bucks. That's not worth it to me. Ross had Ray's yellow lightsaber from Rise of Skywalker for like 60 bucks on sale. Yeah, I picked that up because that's something I've always wanted. Mm -hmm. That was like my favorite part of the Rise of Skywalker was her yellow lightsaber. Um, and so I picked it up. But, you know, I, I would say the key is patience and kind of getting some experience under your belt and budgeting. Budgeting is key. You You know, do not go outside of your budget. 
Now, you know, if it's like 50 cents or a dollar outside of that, it's not a huge deal. You know, you can make that up by not buying a coffee or, you know, whatever. You can make that up in other places. But if it's five, ten bucks over your budget, just wait. Just yeah, wait. and you you never know if you could you know downsize part of your collection or um, absolutely you know you know make part of your collection work for you. You don't we don't have to hold on to everything forever. And there are certainly some things that I've um, moved on from you know just to leverage yep. for the next item. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean that those are those are some of the keys that I would. I would try, and those are things that I try to apply when I go out and, and go looking, you know, there are tons of right right now they have the Walmart has the, the season two bad batch figures out with the, um, they also have like the Republic commando, uh, style clone trooper. And, uh, so, you know, those are all figures that I'd love to have. They're all 28 bucks. Yeah. Uh, you know, I love the bad batch. And I mean, Bad Batch is fantastic. I think it's some of the best animated Star Wars we've gotten. So I have the original Wrecker uh, Black Series figure in Funko Pop sitting on my shelf over here. That is the part of my collection that represents my love of Bad Batch. That's all I will ever have. Uh, and I also have their their ship <laughs> with all the figures. I do have that as well. Um, but my point being, I'm not going to go and buy all those other Bad Batch figures, even though I love all those characters for different reasons. Um, I'm not going to go buying all those other figures because I've already got the Bad Batch represented in my collection. And that that's kind of the key, figuring out some of those keys like, all right, if you really, really like this show that has you know 101 characters <laughs> released in Black Series or the Vintage Collection or whatever, pick one or two characters to represent that show in your collection and get a couple of those figures and just have those in your collection and say, this is, this is how I'm showing my appreciation for this show. And that, that does it just fine. You know, you don't need to have every single character, but yeah, stick with the budget budgets. Budgeting is key. It is so crucial that you stick to a regular budget and don't be afraid to walk away and say, no, I'm going to wait because at the end of the day, it's plastic. It is a toy. You know, we love these things. They're fun. I I'm so excited for my son to be old enough to play with these responsibly, you know, with me. Um, Cause right now he's in that stage where he'd probably be tossing them and throwing them and I'd have broken lightsabers and, you know, we're not doing any of that yet. Um, you know, but I look forward to the day where he is old enough to play responsibly with these because I, I love using my imagination. I love toys. I love, I still love getting down and, and like playing with toys with them. That's one mm-hmm. of my favorite things to do. So there will come a day when we can play with some of this stuff, but you know, don't be afraid to walk away from a figure or a collectible, even if you think it's going to sell out. Ultimately, if the money is not there to buy it, don't buy it. Because at some point, if you save that money up, uh, the next figure to come out that you really want is going to now be affordable. Because instead of buying something you didn't have the money for, you save that money and you don't have to miss out on this next figure because you don't have the money for it. And it's not going to put you in a bad place financially. 
that's the biggest thing to me is budgeting. That is, that has got to be the biggest thing. So you also find the deal. <laughs> you're you're saying when the Black Series releases a Sid figure for the Bad Batch that you will be first in line because you no. you're I mentioned scarcity. No. Nope. scarcity is gone but i you just you just went on a bad batch run i think you're you're waiting for the sid figure listeners when sid I, comes out dm wade sid. directly i i will i will send it back to you i i 100 i hate sid i don't want anything to do wade, with her wade will pay for the return postage at his own i will expense. i will I 100% will. Absolutely. I'll even put a bow on the freaking package. Do not send me a Sid figure. <laughs> if you send, if listeners, Chamberlain sends Wade a Sid figure, Wade will submit a video of him putting it to a rocket like Sid from Toy Story and sending yeah, it off. That's exactly what I'm going to do. You're going to see me punt it into the woods. I'm going to have someone, I'm going to go skeet shooting with it and and blow it out of the air listeners if you insure your sit figure please be sure to remove it from your insurance plan <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> prior, right prior to selling it but yeah i mean you know stick to a budget that's the biggest thing collect what you like um don't go overboard set limits set boundaries that's i think those are the biggest things yeah boundaries and, and budget and you know, make sure and, you know, make sure, especially if you're tight on money, make sure it's something you really, really do want, you know, sit there and say where have a have an idea in your mind and have a place already cleared off on your shelves or wherever your display is. Have a place already cleared off so that, you know, exactly you can picture how it's going to look in your display, in your collection, um, because if it's not something you really, really want you're going to end up fumbling around with it, trying to figure out where, cause I've got, or I've got a, a system to how I display everything, where everything is. I've got specific shelves for dis- specific items or specific characters. And that's how I display it. And, you know, if I buy a random character, you know, cause I, I will occasionally from like Ollie's buy a character that I want a version of that character. Like they had, um, Force Awakens Han Solo recently. I don't have any Han Solo Black Series figures. And I liked Han Solo in Force Awakens. So I said, all right, I'm going to go ahead and get this one. But I didn't have a place cleared out for it. So I had to kind of just find a spot. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of one of those gray areas where it's like, you know, you can kind of justify getting it. But if, if you're in a really tight spot financially in terms of like trying to just make your budget work with collecting really make sure it's a character or figure that you really, really want and that you have a place for and that it fits in with what you're trying to do with your collection, however you're trying to display it. Oh, yeah. And like one, I got a a neat little anecdote, actually, that you just uh, made me think of. So over the summer, I was downsizing my Funko collection through a variety of means, like really trying to exhaust any real realistic measure I had to do so in a limited time period. And one such way was on um, Marketplace. And I actually met up with someone, I think on three separate occasions, because he was taking his his own personal weekly allotment um, for like nerd discretionary spending. And yep. he would hit me up 
ask me, what do you have left? I'd send him a couple pictures and then he would buy like five or 10 more Funko. And kudos yeah. to him because as he did that week to week, so ironically, maybe he could have just bought all of it at once from me, but because it was week to week, I was always a little more encouraged to discount and move more of the collection as I was on a time crunch. Um, right. And because I had a cool relationship with this person from a couple sales, I ended up like throwing in things. So you never know. You may find, you never know if you hunt for the right deal and come on. That's how I got a lot of my freebies. Uh, this is, <laughs> the, the Alex shop is formally closed now. <laughs> That's right. Um, but you never know who you're going to come across. Um, and I I had my faith in this fandom challenged earlier in this year, but it has really been restored, um, ironically, primarily through downsizing my you know physical collection. I collected so many stories um, from other fans, and it really, like, uh, mm. made me remember the parts of Star Wars that um, – has kept me drawn to a, like a, like it's a magnet my entire life. Right. Absolutely. <sighs> Man, I think we exhausted it. I mean, I'm sure there's more do's and don'ts that we may not have touched on, but that's kind of a brief overview. I would say of just like guidelines to kind of not necessarily live by, but you know, when you're talking about collecting, I think there's some, some, I hope there's some good advice in what we have said based on our past experiences and I know my mistakes at times. Um, so hopefully you guys are able to take something from that if you guys are new to collecting or maybe you've been collecting for a while and maybe you're doing something wrong and you're like, I don't know what's going on. Maybe we were able to help you there. And if not, hopefully you just enjoyed the conversation about, you know, or from two nerds that just really enjoy collecting random stuff. Um, but that's all I've got for this week. Alex, you got anything else to add? No, everyone. I mean, listen, enjoy the rest of your week and, uh, Hey, collect the right way and collect for fun. That's right. Um, as always hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, um, TikTok. What else do we have? Gmail. Write us an email at recordsoftherepublic at gmail.com. Um, we're going to try and get a little bit more active. I know we've kind of backed off a little bit. I've been slacking on TikTok, and Instagram hasn't really – we haven't done hardly anything on Instagram. Um, Twitter's been all right. We've been we've been pretty engaged on and off on Twitter. Uh, but we're going to work on trying to to ramp up the engagement a little bit. Um, we were doing a giveaway, Alex. Do you remember what the rules were for this wonderful Mando Black Series figure? You know, I think we've yet to cement those rules, but that is a lovely looking figure. Okay. I know the listeners can't see so it, what, but it's awesome. What, what we're going to do, I'm going to say this, and we'll post it on Twitter, hopefully tonight. I'll see if I can get Alex to do that tonight. Give but, me some homework. Um, <laughs> that's right. Um, here's what I want you guys to do. I want you guys to share a picture on Twitter or Instagram of your collection. doesn't have to be Star Wars. It can be Marvel. It can be Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. It can be a mix. But share a photo of your collection and use the hashtag Records of the Republic Collecting Giveaway. So share a photo, use records of the Republic 
collecting giveaway as the hashtag and let us see your awesome collection that you've got. And it doesn't matter how big or small you could be starting out and you've just got one figure, one Funko pop, one Lego set doesn't have to be anything extensive whatsoever. It could be the biggest collection I've ever seen. I mean, it, it could give Rancho Obi-Wan uh, a run for its money. That would totally be cool. I don't care. But let's see what your collection looks like because I would like nothing more than to be able to add to that collection. So use that hashtag on Instagram or Twitter. If you use it on both and tag us in the post, you will get multiple entries. So if you post it on Instagram and post it on Twitter and use that hashtag and tag us in both, you're going to get multiple entries. Um, but ultimately, we just want to to share our love of collecting with you guys, and we want to see your love for collecting what you enjoy. Um, that's all I have for you guys. As always, may the Force be with you. And remember, this is the way. <laughs>